Game Changer Episode 9, Winning the Sales Game with Bob Marsh of Level 11. Welcome to Game Changer, a series on using gamification to engage employees. Join us as industry experts discuss one of the hottest trends in business today. Using game thinking to engage employees in work, wellness, recruiting, and more. This is a special podcast series by the producers of the top-rated podcast, The Engaging Leader. And now, with nearly 20 years of experience helping engage hundreds of thousands of employees at Fortune 500 companies and other organizations, here's your host, Jesse Leahy. Welcome to the show, Game Changers. This is the show for CEOs, HR executives, and other business leaders to learn about internal gamification. Over the course of this series, you'll hear examples and pitfalls, discover how to assess when it's an appropriate strategy, and learn to evaluate gamification partners and game design ideas. One of the earliest areas to adopt employee gamification has been sales teams. That's not surprising since some game-inspired elements like competition and rewards have long been used in sales departments where many salespeople are naturally competitive and love to win. But the gamification trend is bringing changes to the world of sales. And here to talk to us about that is Bob Marsh of Level 11. Level 11 develops software tools for sales managers and their teams. Their flagship product, Compete, is an app that brings gamification elements to Salesforce, which is the world's best-selling customer relationship management system, or CRM. Bob, welcome to Game Changer. Hey, thanks, Jesse. Can you tell us the history behind Level 11? I had, uh, I had spent the majority of my career, about 20 years, in, in direct selling and in sales management. And the last 12 years in particular were at a, at a company called ePrize. And uh, at ePrize, we were in the business of motivating consumer behavior using things like competition, contest, loyalty, et cetera. And so as a manager, when I was a sales manager, I learned like the whole concept and some of the challenges with how do you motivate salespeople to stay focused on the right thing? So, you know, as a manager, you try to get your team focused on, of course, you want them to sell stuff and you have compensation plans to support that. But as a manager, you spend a lot of your time saying, like, how do I make sure that my folks are, are focused on the behaviors that will drive the, the highest level of performance, like making calls or following up on these leads or meeting with clients face to face or whatever. And so I kind of saw that that kind of challenge. And then I, I then implemented uh, Salesforce.com at, uh, for the, our 100 plus person sales organization. And the whole vision we were buying into is that um, I'll be able to measure and monitor everything happening within the sales organization with the inspiration that if I can measure it, I can motivate it and it can help people perform more efficiently, et cetera. And so I looked at that and I started thinking about that part of it and like this growth in the CRM market and Salesforce.com. And then I started thinking about, well, you know, as a salesperson, you know, these are people that are comfortable with, with uh, accountability. I mean, that's why they, that's why they're in this profession, right? So I looked at that. I mean, they're very competitive by nature. And so I, I kind of put all that together. And I said, geez, what, what if we could create a way to allow uh, a, a manager, a sales manager to like on demand at any moment say, I'm going to whip out this little competition and try to like just turn up the dial, like just turn things up on some behavior that I need people focused on hmm. um, at any time. Like, you know, I need that stuff, you know, here and there. And so that was kind of the nugget of the idea. Um, and so we built kind of a beta version of it about 18 months ago. Um, and we launched it and we quickly started getting some, some tremendous response. And so 
Um, it was a bit of a side project of mine when I was inside of ePrize, um, and ePrize helped me kind of get the beta version off the ground. And then, based on its success, we said, you know what? This shouldn't be a little side project anymore. We should uh, let's go raise some venture capital and, and and give this a give this a real go on our own. So that's when we launched Level Eleven back in the uh, in the fall of 2012. Wow! And I think I just read an article uh, in the on the internet that that it's already the number one app inside the Salesforce platform? Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. So it, we actually got that uh, within about six months of going live. I mean, so it was kind of funny. Like I didn't, you know, when I, when I launched this product, I mean, I was simply thinking, like as I mentioned about, you know, as a manager, how do I motivate my team? And so I, I honestly you know, will admit, like I didn't have, I did not have this word gamification in my mind at all. Um, it was more like, Hey, I think this is a good way to motivate people. And so we put it out there and then around the same time, some other players in the market, you know, were kind of getting into it. I'm like, wow, this is interesting. There's really something going on here. And, um, very rapidly we, we just kind of got a, you know, a lot of people using it. We got people to post some great reviews. So yeah, we're, it's the, in terms of reviews and popularity, it's uh, it's the number one by a pretty nice margin in the app exchange. Now, you weren't purposely trying to take advantage of the gamification trend. Was it completely coincidental, or do you feel like you were inspired at all, or in part by some of the, the big things that were going on in that area? Yeah, you know, honestly, like I was aware of it. I mean, so so the thing is, with, with the company that I spent most of my career with, so in E-Prize, I mean, I, I was working with the largest brands in the world. I mean, General Mills, Ford, Target, you know, big, big companies like that. And how can they motivate consumers using the concepts of contest points, you know, really gamification, although we didn't really call it that. It was the same kind of concept. And so, you know, that's a, I, you know, I don't know that I'd call it a trend. I mean, that, that was something that I was, had been doing and we'd been doing for, you know, a decade and kind of dominating the, 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 the technology space with that. And so I just kind of looked at it as, I, as the CRM market, the sales CRM market was expanding. I'm like, why don't we just take those same exact concepts and inject them and move them inside of a sales organization? So, you know, it's just, I think what's coincidental is that there were other companies that were thinking the same thing at the same time. And therefore, started coming out in the market with this, and so it's been great because actually, it's it kind of validates that I wasn't insane, you know. Like there's other people <laughs> thinking thinking the same thing, and uh, you know, all of us I think collectively are raising awareness around the category. How does that feel for a user of the program? What's different if they're using Salesforce? What's what, what's different now if the compete application is a part of it? Is inside of it, right? There's a couple of things that are that are most critical. So if you're a sales manager, what's different is that you now are are enabled or empowered with a tool that in a matter of minutes you can say, All right, I need my team or this group of people or whatever, I need them to put some extra focus and attention around like this activity. So one example is we run something here on a daily basis called Power Hour. And it's, you know, as a manager, I mean, this is a perfect example of where, you know, I need to kind of get my team focused in some way. And so prospecting is a very common challenge. Like salespeople, they get busy day to day and prospecting, it moves to the bottom of the list, like just cold calling, right? And so we just said, let's create something called a power hour where we use our own application to say, all right, for one hour a day, everyone's going to carve out some time and they're just going to get at it. Like they're just going to get out in front of customers. They basically prepare themselves for it. And so as a manager, it's to go back to your question, it's the ability for me to like pull stuff like that out at any moment in time and say, all right, team, I want you extra focused on this for like this week or this day or this hour. And in terms of a salesperson, 
you know, it's kind of the flip side of that is I can say, all right, now I, I know some, I know that like my job is to sell as much as possible. I mean, obviously that's probably how I make my money as a salesperson, but you know, my, you know, as my manager or my team, like we're going to get a little bit extra, extra of a nudge, like to point at this activity, whether it's like get more face-to-face meetings or again, make more calls or take a new product to market. And so it kind of creates that extra little uh, element of focus for me as a salesperson. And then, you know, I also get some amazing looking visuals and we have this, you know, really high impact leaderboard that looks nothing like what you would see in a normal Salesforce reporter dashboard. So it's really kind of cool looking. It's got some sizzle to it, if you will. It kind of really taps in that competitive nature by stack ranking people and you know, nice kind of creative element to it. Um, it's always in front of me. So wherever I go on Salesforce, I can see a little mini version of, of the leaderboard. I I get emails in the morning that remind me of where I stand. I can use Salesforce chatter to kind of trash talk with my peers and kind of learn from each other. So it's kind of surrounds you in that way. So the experience, you know, is a, is a little bit different for people, but the main thing is to just, you know, help get people focused correctly. What gamification elements are included in that? You've mentioned the leaderboard. Uh, what, what other types of things gamifies the experience? So that, that's like one of the main things. The other one is, is the ability to, I mean, so when, when a company's in, injecting the idea of gamification within a sales organization or really in any, any business behavior, you're identifying like what's the action that I'm trying to wrap motivation around. And so, I mean, that's the other element. So I identify what's the, you know, what is the specific item that I'm trying to wrap some energy around? So being able to very easily identify that is one of them. The other part is kind of the, the general recognition, which partially comes from the leaderboards. The leaderboard ranks people, so that kind of motivates them to want to climb the leaderboard. Um, but also kind of it encourages people to collaborate with each other. So we, we've heard a number of stories where someone is maybe, you know, in the middle of that leaderboard and they it just makes them start collaborating with their peers to say, what are you doing different than I'm not? Like, you're not better at dialing that phone than I am, but you're doing something different that's allowing you to climb the lead, be higher on that leaderboard. How can I learn from you? So kind of it ends up, that, that collaborative element is another, is another big part of it. So those are the main gamification elements. Well, you, you raise an interesting issue because when you think of games and sales, you tend to think of it all in terms of short-term competitions. Who's going to be at the top this month? But it would seem like making games out of that would actually go against collaboration and put maybe too much focus on short-term competition instead of what's best for our team, what's really best in the long run for customers. How do you respond to those kinds of concerns? Well, so I, I don't really, I mean, for, we don't really hear that concern. Um, I think it's a, it's a conceptual concern. But like if you, if, you talk to a, if you talk to any manager, I mean, they'll, they'll tell you that like they're always trying to, trying to they're struggling in, in one way or the other around like, how do I get my people focused on this thing that's, that's most important to the business and it's going to ultimately help them be more successful? So I think a, a couple classic examples are um, a company invests heavily in like, I have a new product I'm trying to take to market. And so you think of all the, of all the energy that comes around that. So you've got sales collateral that comes out, you've got training meetings, and you go into your meetings and you talk to people about it and how, how are people taking it to market and what objections are you hearing? And there's all this effort and energy around it. And then at the end of the day, the salesperson doesn't pick up the phone and talk about it because they're afraid <laughs> it's a brand new idea. Right? Mm-hmm. They're like, I don't want to be the first to sell it. Like, you know, I want to wait for someone else to sell it. And then I'll, then now that I know it's sellable, then I'll do it. Or I want to, you know, I need some results first. And so that's kind of just a bad habit, right? You got to break people off of that. And so managers will spend all kinds of time and energy trying to break that. Um, 
And so what we see is that the idea is you say, all right, well, let's just create a competition around just go take it to market, just pitch it to your customers or get them to upgrade to this product or whatever it might be. And when you put that in the context of a, of a short-term competition, it just creates energy and interest and excitement around it. And it actually gets the behaviors to happen. So I guess my point is that, you know, managers are, are facing a, the struggle with how do I drive like different short-term behaviors all the time? There's always something different. This is just empowering them with a tool to help make that happen. Okay, that's interesting. Now, Bob, you've recently written a white paper called Crank Up Your Sales Team, and you talk about this fact that games and game-inspired elements have long been a part of sales, but there's some new things that gamification brings to that. So when you're looking inside of a sales organization in particular, or a service organization, or whatever it might be, um, and they start using a CRM system like a Salesforce, there's different phases of it. So in the very beginning, you're just trying to get people on board. You're just trying to say, just use the thing. Like get, you know, because you're trying to change people's day-to-day habits. You're saying instead of like taking notes in your notebook or writing emails to yourself or putting post-it notes all over the place, just start keeping all your information inside the CRM system. And, you know, that, and that sort of keep your contacts in there, get, get things updated. And so where we see there is to say you can apply gamification to say, just reward people for starting to use it. It's like taking that baby step. Maybe it's just, hey, put in your customer contacts into, into Salesforce. Maybe it's fill out these fields that we can use it to, to help for remarketing purposes. Just what are the main basic behaviors you want people to do just to start getting familiar with the system? And you can wrap gamification around that. The next phase is what I call building insight, where as people are starting, starting to use it day to day, now you can get good insight into, well, you know, how many calls are people logging? And how many meetings are they happen, having? How many cases are they responding to for customer, you know, customer calls? How quickly are they turning them back? And so you begin to look at some of this data to determine, all right, what are the kind of KPIs, these key performance indicators that we need to drive the business? Then what you do is you say, all right, I'm going to create a competition or gamification around those main behaviors I need to motivate. And then you build gamification for that. And then lastly, you know, we call it maintain and grow, which is where you know, you, you kind of always whip these things out because you know that every morning you need people prospecting or, you know, once a month you need people out face to face or maybe as you bring new hires on and you're trying to take them through these four phases so they can begin to learn about it, um, you can reward people like just using and learning the system correctly. Just a quick pause from this interview with Bob Marsh from Level 11 to tell listeners about a game we're playing to have some fun throughout this series. First, Bob is giving away a gift box in honor of Level 11's home base in Detroit, Michigan. It's filled with a t-shirt, cookies, chips, and other fun items from the Motor City. To enter to win, send me a tweet at Jesse Leahy, mentioning this episode number, which is 9, and your favorite childhood game, such as a video or board game. We'll pick a winner at random from the first 50 tweeters. Also, this episode's clue for the Game Changer series prize is the letter A as in Adam. There will be other clues in each of the first 14 episodes in the Game Changer series, as well as an Engaging Leader podcast episode 38 featuring Kevin Warback. From those 15 clues, if you can be the first person to guess the secret phrase, you will win a $100 gift card from Amazon. As soon as you think you know the secret phrase, email it to me at jesse at engagingleader.com. So the four phases for CRM adoption, one, just use it, get people using it, two, build insight from the data, 
Three, now that you have that data, drive the key performance indicators. And four, maintain and grow. And That's right. if you go back 10 years ago, you may have been having competitions and other game-inspired elements, but you, you wouldn't have had the data that you could benefit from and that you could drive people with. That's exactly, that's exactly the idea, is that I've got all this, all this data. Now, how do, I, how do I make use of it in a way that is relevant to the, you know, the person day-to-day? If you're sitting there at your desk and you're a salesperson or a call center agent, what am I supposed to do next? Like, what, do I, what should I do right now? Where should I put my focus and energy that's going to yield me the most results so that I can be successful in my job? Yeah, so for example, your earlier illustration where you can see that, okay, we've come out with this product. Now we can see from the data that nobody's actually making calls and selling the product. They're apparently afraid of it. So we can, from that data, we can then go on to the third step and drive some KPIs around getting our product pushed out there into the marketplace. Right, exactly. And so, and so to be more, more illustrative of that, like, so um, that, that's a common scenario with a new product. So the classic way to motivate that would be just a basic sales spiff. It's just, okay, whoever, you know, whoever sells this product is going to get, you know, whatever double commission, or you're going to get, you know, you're going to get a dinner out or like whatever it might be when you sell that product. And that, that's the idea. But if you look at that, you know, as we just talked about, the, the issue is not just like trying to, the issue in, in getting it to market is not just closing the deal. It's like, there's so many steps before that. So, you know, what, what we would see is that the issue is like, just get people, get the salespeople like to break their habit and say, just start talking about it. So if you just start talking about it, then you'll get feedback and you'll be able to respond to it and you'll learn the objections and you'll learn which, how you need to say it, et cetera. Like that's the behavior that you need to change. And if you change that behavior, that will end up resulting in more sales. So the goal is always like more sales, more efficiency, et cetera. But you have to pinpoint what's the behavior that I really need to change that's going to end up yielding that sales result that I need. Yeah, so you need to define your business objectives and then take a step back and say, what are the actual behaviors that would lead to that business objective? And let's motivate people toward those. Right. And a lot of that comes down to this isn't about gamification or CRM. It's just it's good management, right? It's just like going out and talking to your team and talking to customers and understanding like, you know, what makes you uncomfortable and what's not working and, you know, what's going on with this. And then eventually you'll just start pinpointing what the what the blocker is. And then that's kind of where you say, OK, that's the thing. That's the root cause that I need to go that I need to go address. Your fourth phase that you talk about, maintain and grow, has me a little concerned because game designers talk about making a great video game and they'll talk about three phases that game players go through. There's an onboarding phase when they're when they're brand new, just getting introduced to a video game. And then there's a sort of the habit building form uh, where they're they're getting familiar with it. They're getting pretty comfortable. They like using it. They come back again and again. And then finally, they move on to mastery. And depending on where they are in that player journey, there's different aspects of the game that are going to keep them motivated, keep them having fun, and want to keep them using it. And here you are with level 11. You're, you're a little over six months into introduction to the marketplace, you're getting really good feedback from the marketplace, sales managers are excited, salespeople are excited about it. But what happens after they've been using the product for a, a year or so? What's going to keep it interesting to them instead, as opposed to just, oh boy, here's another 
here's this month's challenge, got to get to the top of the leaderboard. What's going to keep that ongoing motivation? It's a, it's a great point. I never thought of it in that context, but I know exactly what you're saying. And so in the context of a video game, that makes sense. Um, I think it's a little bit different, but um, the in terms of I can pull out a different competition like over time. So there is essentially no end to the the behaviors or whatever a manager needs to rally their team around. If you look at salespeople in particular, and this works, the same kinds of can work for any kind of employee. I mean, they're just naturally competitive. People just love to compete. They love to kind of see how they're doing compared to their peers, et cetera. And so the idea is that, you know, and, any, and I, don't, I just don't see that getting old. I mean, so that's just a natural human instinct. And so when, when somebody has it, there's always some different behavior that you're trying to drive. The idea of pulling out competition to make that create more attention and energy around it just kind of doesn't go away. So the business is about six months old. The product is about 18 months old. So it's, it's still, you know, in its, in its early stages. But if anything, what we're seeing is that the more people use it, they keep coming up with more and more and more ideas and more ways in which they want to use it. And we're seeing that, you know, it's not always the same. It's not the same competition over and over and over again. It's not even the same people that are involved over and over and over again. So um, that's what kind of keeps things fresh. Um, it's also an excellent point about the importance for us to innovate as a company. And so I know that wasn't like the crux of your question, but, you know, we, if we just kind of left the product alone, <laughs> it'd get pretty stale, right? Like, mm -hmm. so we need to constantly be looking at, well, like, what, what's in the market? What are people kind of trying to drive? And that certainly helps keep things fresh as well, um, because it would get pretty boring and old for everybody. Yeah, well, that's a good point. How, what, what kind of data have you been getting back so far about the results that Compete is making? Uh, we're, we're seeing some pretty remarkable results. And I, I, sometimes I just I almost find it comical because um, it, it kind of just shows this natural human instinct to want to be competitive. Um, so we're, we're, seeing, you know, we're seeing double, triple digit growth in these behaviors that people want to drive. And so, I, you know, like I mentioned earlier, like at any moment, you know, for on demand for a manager to kind of pull this out and kind of turn the dial, like turn that knob on, on the behavior over a period of time. You know, we had a software client of ours that they were struggling to get their salespeople to go go kind of hunt for new sales opportunities at the beginning of a, of a new fiscal year. And so they just said, let's create a competition around it. And so they did exactly that. And they saw a uh, that client saw a 20 percent spike in qualified sales opportunities that were generated, which then ended up yielding, you know, an, an increase in sales. We have another client who uh, the Detroit Pistons, who they were. Um, they had a new product they were trying to take to market, which is kind of similar to the example we talked about earlier. Um, and they had that same exact challenge that I mentioned, like the salespeople weren't taken to market, been available for months. It was a natural product that you'd think anybody would want to buy, which is a single game suite. So like a company could buy it or someone could do a party or something. Um, mm -hmm. in, in the course of six weeks, they drove over a half a million dollars in sales. Um, and to set some context around that, that's the equivalent of their goal for six months. So in six weeks, they achieved their six-month sales goal simply because they created competition energy around, around that, product, that product specifically, which ended up driving collaboration. And people started seeing like, well, wow, other people are selling this. This is a real product and it motivated them to do it too. So um, we've got many, many examples like that. Um, and the reason I mention it's comical is that, is that many times these contests or competitions that people are running, they don't have big, fancy, sexy prizes. Like, They'll have thing. We had a client that ran a contest where the the um, the first prize or the the, the prize was milk and cookies, um, <laughs> and we have other examples where they'll say like you know you eat a dinner out or 
you know, we've, uh, we have our little competition we run in here each week and we have this little macho man doll and it just kind of whoever, get, whoever wins gets to put it in front of their desk. And so, um, the idea is that, is that people will get motivated by competition more than, more than the actual prize itself. Like that's not the thing that creates the energy. It's the competitiveness. Yeah, that's interesting. And your customers are companies that have already been using Salesforce for some time. So the results that you're bringing are on top of whatever results Salesforce would have already brought. Yeah, that's right. So, so generally, yeah, these are companies, I mean, they're all companies that are using Salesforce. I mean, some are brand new to it um, and they're looking for ways to kind of make that, you know, that new launch more interesting and exciting for people. Others have been using it for a while. They're just looking to kind of turn the dial on it a little bit. So um, yeah, I mean, so as I mentioned, like when someone invests in a CRM system, they're buying into that vision of, you know, you know measuring and motivating performance. I kind of classify it. There's two different categories of customers that we have. There's those that are, you know, they're investing, everyone's investing heavily in Salesforce and they just want to get more out of it. Um, some of them are, be, are saying, well, you know, my adoption's terrible. Like my, my team isn't using it and we need a way to make it more interesting. And so that's the one category. The other category of customers are, saying, no, I mean, our adoption is fantastic. Like our company wouldn't exist without Salesforce because we couldn't measure all this stuff. And they're simply saying, I just need to drive these KPIs. I just, you know, I need to get more meetings happening. I need to get, you know, try to try to yield more results out of the, out of the existing team that we have. So, so yeah, it's all about helping them get more out of an investment they've already made. How much does that cost to add compete on top of Salesforce? We use a pricing model that's uh, really synonymous with uh, with Salesforce in terms of the structure. So, um, what a company does is they it's a monthly licensing fee, so it's twelve dollars per user per month. And then what a company does, they just identify who are the people that are going to participate in these competitions, which is generally like the sales team or the service team. And then who are the managers that we want to enable to build competitions? And so, you know, so it's a combination of both. So generally, it's the the salespeople make up the bulk of it. Um, then you'll get a few managers on top of it that want to be enabled to build. And how long does it take to implement Compete? This is one of the things that we're really excited about. We've put a lot, we've put almost as much engineering effort into the uh, the setup, installation and setup process as we have to the product itself. So um, a company can go to the Salesforce App Exchange, click the Get It Now button, and they, we walk them through a very simple, uh, gumped down, if you will, version of a, of a setup that goes through five steps. Um, so people are even large organizations. They're literally up and running within 20 minutes, and they're building their first uh, their first little competition. So there's no like outside engineering that's needed. You just kind of go click click click, and you're you're up and running. Wow, just like that. Yeah, my background as a sales manager, like really short term focus. Like I want it now. I don't want to spend a lot of time thinking about it. I just want to get going. So yeah, <laughs> try to make it. Easy. That's that seems like that would make a big difference. Yeah, compete is the number one app within the Salesforce marketplace. So what has that brought you up to now? How, do you have a, an idea of, can you give us a sense of how many clients you have and how many users altogether? So we've got, uh, we've got over 75 customers. Uh, that, that's 75 different enterprises that are using it. And those are organizations that range from, you know, we've got a, a little, a tiny little insurance agency in, uh, in Elmira, New York with about six salespeople that are using it all the way up to uh, Comcast with a couple thousand people that are, that are using it. So um, it ranges from large enterprises like that down to tiny little small businesses. And you're doing all this from, you're based in Detroit, Michigan, which is surprising in terms of you think of most software companies being based out in the Bay Area on the West Coast or perhaps in New York. What has that experience been like for you? 
this is my home. So like, I, I love Michigan. I love Detroit and, and doing what we can to kind of come back. Right. So the it's what's what's interesting about it is that like I, I love the coast. I mean, who doesn't love to go out to the Bay Area? But, you know, it's it's not it's surprising in a sense of everyone assumes like all this innovation is happening on the coast. And there certainly is a lot of it, but it's happening here, too. So, yeah, we're headquartered right in right in right in downtown Detroit. Like I'm looking out the window right now. I can see Comerica Park, home of the Tigers and a bunch of other stuff right downtown here. Um, what's kind of what's neat about it, there's a couple different things that I love about this. So when I was starting this up, you know, I thought about, OK, where should we where should we be? I mean, we could be out in the suburbs, maybe close to my house or, you know, anyone on the team's kind of homes, et cetera, or we could get into Detroit. And so what's neat about this, we've got incredible support, you know, with the growth of Detroit and trying to revitalize the city. Our VC firm, Detroit Venture Partners, based here. Um, you got Dan Gilbert, uh, founder of Quicken Loans, like doing everything he can to grow the city. And so what's great about it is that, you know, we're, we're excited about building our own little business and that's pretty fun to do. But then you layer on top of it, we're around some other other startups that are kind of in, you know, right in the same area and we're all facing similar things. But then you put on top of it this one extra little nudge, which is we're playing our little part in trying to revitalize the city of Detroit. And there's this there's this element of opportunity and this like comeback mentality that everybody gets pretty excited about that they're in Detroit. And that's either people that are here or when we get on the phone and talk to a, you know, a prospective customer or an investor or whatever it might be, and we tell them we're in Detroit, like they love that because it's, it's kind of, it's a little bit surprising because like, oh, I, you know, I just expect people are going to be on the coast. It's so cool to hear about a company that's doing something so exciting and is not on the coast. There's nothing against the coast, just like a fre- it's a breath of fresh air. And then you layer on top of it and you're in Detroit, like people are pulling for Detroit. Like it's been, been rough for a little while, right? And so mm-hmm. that extra element of like, we're pulling for you guys, uh, I think makes it kind of neat and exciting. Yeah, that is really neat. It's, it's a bit of an underdog city and it's cool to see a company like Level 11 come out of there with a product that's really winning in its market. And it, it, it's not just because it maybe it's in a sexy location like like the Bay Area. Yeah. So that's that's really cool to see that that kind of progress. Now, how can folks find out more or take the next step with Compete? Yeah, sure. And thanks for asking. So um, certainly go to our website. It's uh, level11.com, and it's eleven all spelled out, so not the numbers. So level11.com, um, and there we've got not only information about the product, but we've got a number of resources like. Uh, white papers, ebooks that you can download. We've got a very active blog. I mean, we've got content going out um, every day um, with ideas on the market and what's going on in the industry and how to motivate salespeople and service organizations. So you can find out information that way. Um, and then you can also find us in the Salesforce App Exchange. So if you go to the to the uh, to the App Exchange, just search for Level Eleven or search for Gamification, and you're gonna you're gonna find Compete front and center. So our Twitter handle is at Level Eleven. So L-E-V-E-L-E-L-E-V. My Twitter handle is Bob Marsh, the number five. So Bob Marsh five. Bob Marsh from Level 11. Thanks for joining us on Game Changer. Thanks, Jesse. And we'll also provide Bob's contact information in our show notes, which you can find at engagingleader.com forward slash GC9, as in Game Changer episode nine. If you enjoy this series, be sure to check out the weekly leadership podcast, Engaging Leader, where my guests and I share more ways to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. Until next time, remember, life is short, so keep it fun. 
You can find both Game Changer and Engaging Leader podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, and on our website at engagingleader.com. To stay up on the latest news and trends in internal gamification, join the Game Changer group on LinkedIn. We'll automatically direct you to our LinkedIn group when you go to engagingleader.com group. Subscribe to our e-digest at engagingleader.com newsletter. When you do, we'll send you a free copy of Jesse's ebook, Eight Communication Tools for Leaders. You can also follow Jesse on Twitter, at Jesse Leahy, and like us at facebook.com slash engagingleader. Game Changer is a production of Aspendale Communications, a consulting firm that helps mid-sized and large employers attract top talent, engage employees, and deliver superior business results. Find out more at aspendalecommunications.com. Our thanks to Joe Sherwood, our producer, Tom Hitchcock, our programming director, James Marler, our sound engineer, Cliff Ravenscraft, our podcasting advisor, Dustin Hartzler, our website engineer, J.J. Leahy, our video and web intern, and Peter McIsaac, who composed our theme music. 